0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information visit www.baylifechurch.org.au Praise God. Um, you might remember a few weeks ago we had a Liberty for the Nations night here on a Sunday night which was fantastic, a real blessing. Uh, wonderful to share together with you and uh, other folks from around the body of Christ here in in Port Stephens, and um, uh, we had uh, Guriel Ali with us. You may remember singing, and a great guy. And we just been in, in Vanuatu with him and Karen Durand, and we had unbelievable couple of weeks there. One of the most fruitful times. God is moving in Vanuatu in terrific ways at the moment, um, especially in sovereign ways, encountering young people in schools, just in their school classrooms, being uh, just swept up in the power and presence of God and, um, and speaking with other tongues and in, in Presbyterian colleges and Presbyterian churches. And amongst the more conservative Christians in Vanuatu, quite a move of the Holy Spirit is happening. And we actually uh, have seen that around what God did with us. We saw so many new people come to Christ which was wonderful, a big, a big and lovely connection with the communities that we serve through our schools. Uh, so praise God. Thanks for your prayers and joining in with that. Lots more other news to tell about that. But we've got a Liberty Night coming up, which I think Helen's put on the thing there. Um, that's down at East Maitland. Uh, that's in a couple of weeks' time. If you wanted to have another dose, we do a lot more praying and a lot more um, sort of waiting on God and seeking God and worship and that in, in the meetings down there. So you might enjoy that. Uh, helping us to change the world in Jesus' name, doing it together. Amen. So since we were here a few weeks ago, a lot's happened, lots of new stuff. The work in Turkey is flourishing and uh, going ahead one person at a time. And so much of the New Testament and the story of Jesus in the New Testament is recorded uh, one person at a time. Every now and then you read about the crowds and the big stuff, but in between all of that, he always... Uh, uh, encountered people one at a time he always stopped for the one person and I think that that no matter how big our picture no matter how we you know we like statistics and we start to talk about how many percentage of people in this country are Christians and all that uh, that that can actually isolate us from just the commission that we have which is very much that that our debt to him our debt to the Lord is actually payable to man. And that can be one person at a time, wherever we are, whatever we do, wherever we go. Amen? Good. You're right? Everyone, all right? You're looking a bit quiet. Good on you. Maybe I need to tell a joke. (laughs) I will, anyway, along the way. One or two. You never know. (laughs) Praise God. All right. Now, I'm going to be speaking this morning about blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Can you imagine how hard it is to purify a person's heart? The heart is an incredibly powerful part of our human body, of course. And uh, I watched a documentary with Helen and we were watching this thing about with these specialist, heart specialists who do heart transplants. And uh, One of the things that they've come up with is they they have a nickname for the heart. They call it the little brain, the small brain, because the heart retains things, and no one knows how. I mean, within the brain itself, there's all this matter that has to do with memory and experiences and talents and abilities and preferences and all that's all up in here in different parts of this mass up here. Mine's not a great-sized mass, but it is there. But um, the heart is quite different. And so when people go through heart transplant, quite often that person changes quite significantly after the heart transplant. So, so they become a recipient of somebody else's heart and they wake up out of surgery and they go through all of the you know, the stuff of recovery and suddenly things are quite different for them. There are smells that associate things for them that they've never had before. There are people's faces and experiences that they've never had before, but now they're remembering them. And it's actually contained in the little brain, in the heart, in this place where, where kind of the real seat of your emotions and your will and your feelings do come from. Some things are just not controlled by the brain. They're actually controlled by the heart. And it's exactly why in Proverbs, Solomon said, uh, you know, really guard your heart, heart diligently. Because out of your heart flow all of the issues of your life. The stuff that really matters is not just the brain stuff, it's the heart area of your life. I believe that one of the greatest uh, challenges in life and one of the greatest um, warfares that's going on in society is to get your heart, to attract your heart, to get your heart into something, make your heart run after something. And your heart can't run after anything. You can't, your heart can't sort of get out and start running after something, but what it does is your heart speaks to you and says to you, you know, run after that. You need that. <laughs> if I got a, a, a clean piece of paper, an A4 paper, and I got a, a, a biro and I put a spot on that perfectly pure, clean page, is it pure anymore? No, it's not. And when we talk about blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, We're talking about something that seems to me to be like a potential and a reality at exactly the same time. That there is something about the promises of God which are both a potential and a living reality at exactly the same time. Because in the knowledge of God, in the ways of God, there is this dynamic relationship happening between us which is both a a potential and a reality. It's a reality in Christ and a potential in us. And so when we talk of a pure heart, we're not talking about uh, an impossible potential. We're talking about a potential and a reality that exists together in us through Christ. So, of course, the scripture that talks of this is in the beautiful Beatitudes. And Matthew chapter 5 is so powerful from start to finish, isn't it? Everything about our heart and our conduct and, and the blessing of God on us when we have God at work in us. Reading from verse one, and seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up on a mountain. And when he was seated with his disciples, when he was seated his disciples, when he was seated, his disciples came to him. This is going to take a while. <laughs> I heard about a preacher who preached so long, all the time. He'd preach for hours and hours. And, and um, one day he just was going on and on. And one of the men in the congregation got up just like that and started walking out. And he said to him, hey hey, brother, what are you doing walking out? I'm sorry pastor, Pastor. I've got to go and have a haircut. And he said, well what's wrong with you mate? Why didn't you have a haircut before you came to church? He said, before you started preaching I didn't need a haircut. (laughs) That was pretty weak, wasn't it? Pretty hopeless joke, that one opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, those really gracious, meek, humble people, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Oh, I love that verse. I'll preach that another time. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He goes on to say, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they also persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Keep your heart Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. How many of you know that we're actually called to live in an opposite spirit from that which is at work in the world? I uh, used to like playing with magnets when I was a child. The little things used to We didn't have much in my family, so little things went a long way in my imagination. I actually had two old batteries. (laughs) I played with them for years. I don't know why. Just played with. But I used to like to play with magnets. And uh, my dad was a very, very uh, avid prospector for minerals and rocks and stuff. And he used to go out and find stuff. And he'd get a lot of gold and he'd get a lot of tin and metals and copper and found vast deposits of different things here and there and he had these big magnets and he used to get this stuff called magnesite or magnetite or something like that and he'd put it all over the table and you could put the magnets under the table and it all stand up and then it would pull it across the table and pull it together but i played with the big magnets and <clears throat> found out that you turn them one way and there's this incredible attraction snap they come together and you turn one of them the other way and you just cannot you just cannot get them together <laughs> even if you put as hard as you like, there's this force in them that's pushing them apart from each other. We've we've got, we're, we're tuned to something in Christ and it's a totally opposite thing. It's an opposite force. It's an opposite spirit from that which works in the world. And that is this, this force, this thing of Christ-likeness, a life that's been lifted up in Christ and is attracted to the presence of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There's a life which is attracted to, the presence of God at work within us. Firstly, of course, we think about the blank page and we think about our own heart. And it would be lovely to think of our heart like a, a, a white sheet of paper without one spot on it. What a beautiful thought. And Jesus actually has the power to do this. And he does this. He has done this. 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from half of our unrighteousness. That's pretty good, isn't it? I think I missed something. He's able, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all, all, all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. You know, I go go down to Um, Bunnings and they always sell these sausages every Saturday morning maybe even today I don't know Uh, yesterday it was the um, Church of Christ youth group lovely bunch of kids but they were soaking wet the tent was leaking I felt so sorry for them and I don't like sausage sandwiches I actually didn't tell my wife I bought one just to encourage them poor things and and when I eat these things everything falls out and normally it all ends up on here (laughs) Something I've noticed, like every shirt I buy has got the same front on it. <laughs> anyway, it's a collector for for you know, <laughs> and I do like that American mustard as well, and the and the tomato sauce, and and you get that into one of those sausage things, and you know where it all ends up. Not not in here, I mean on here. Sorry, on here. But Helen, you know Helen's pretty good. She knows how to deal with that. I got no idea. Just got this magic machine in the laundry, and she just puts it in. It comes out. It's cleansed. It's cleansed from all unrighteous deeds, all filthy acts, and cleansed from the stuff that I did just to bless the young people from the youth of the Church of Christ down at Saltash. But it cleanses it all away. He's faithful. He's just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness one of the key things that needs to be cleansed in the blood of jesus is unbelief unbelief is a super powerful thing it's it's stronger than not believing it's not just not believing just not believing anybody can do that you know but unbelief is its own force And it's so strong that, for example, in the Bible where Jesus in Matthew 13 went through their towns and villages, but it says there in verse 58 that he could do not many great miracles among them because of their unbelief. Imagine that. Just imagine that for a second. That something in the heart of a person can be so powerful that it holds back the hand of the Almighty God, holds him back from doing everything he wants to do, well, of course it does. It actually happens in everyday life. Unbelief holds us back from so much. And unbelief and our heart are totally connected, actually. When you think about when Jesus rose from the dead, and it's mentioned in, in Luke chapter 16 and verse 14, and the part that in the, in the glorious scripture of his resurrection the, and the story of his resurrection, uh, whoa, that's different. Skip that one. I might have given the wrong chapter, so I better read it. I wonder why we were looking at that thinking, what's he talking about? Luke chapter sixteen. Is that what it says up there? Maybe that's the that might be the that might be the the Baylife standard version <clears throat> Bible that you've got up there. I know Pastor Greg does things like that. <laughs> that's right, I got exactly the wrong verse. I've got no idea how I did that. But it says when he rose, when he... Okay, okay, okay. Here we go, here we go. I've got no idea. (laughs) But the verse says that when he entered into the room with his disciples and they saw him, it says he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Imagine Jesus has just risen from the grave and he walks into the room where you are and he rebukes you. (laughs) You would take notice of that. But he rebuked them for two things, their unbelief and hardness of their hearts. This thing of, you know, you just can't lift your head when you've got unbelief in your heart. You just can't lift up something. You just can't take your place when unbelief is at work in your heart. You just can't take your place. You just can't get hold of what God says he will do. When unbelief is there so this promise of a pure heart obviously of course when you confess your sins this belongs to those who've known and and taken hold of this incredible gift of repentance and one of the blockages is hardness of heart when i was a young boy about 11 years old i was very embarrassed because i was brought up in a little assemblies of god church went there when i was one week old and liked it and kept going And it got got taken there, actually. But anyway, I still liked it. But by the time I was 11 years old, I developed this this thing where whenever the presence of God was really thick in the church and the preaching was powerful and worship was powerful, I couldn't stop crying. I would cry all the time. And I was embarrassed about that. Boys don't cry, especially when you're 11. You're just really kind of conscious of, what will people think of me and the pastor would preach and he'd preach about jesus and his love and his cross and his death on the cross and the tears would come down from my eyes and sometimes the worship in this little church out in the country in country victoria in a, a little town of mount beauty where i was born and and here we would worship and as an 11 year old the tears would flow and one day i um my mum came to me and i was really upset about this and she said to me something I've never forgotten since I was 11 years old and I really embrace it because it's actually true but only by the grace of God it's true. And she said to me, Stephen, which she always used to call me, she does call me Steve now but she always called me Stephen. she said, Stephen, God's given you a gift and that gift is that your heart is soft towards him. And that's all I needed to hear from her. It answered everything to me. That this wasn't just about me. This was about God had done something with me to soften my heart. So I was responsive to him. So I could um, respond to his message, to his presence. And I praise God for that because a hard heart is a tough thing. Even the children of Israel who were promised this amazing land, the land of promise, could not enter into it because of their hard hearts of unbelief. And it's one of the key things that needs to really start to go on in in a pure heart is for it to soften down under the work of God. For God to soften your heart, soften your heart before him. Don't develop a hard heart to God. And things can happen in your life. And things can happen that would, would really do a job on you and make your heart get a bit hard, even towards God sometimes. But really watch for it because promises and powerful things can be really blocked by it. I noticed, you know, some, there's, there's classic scriptures in the Bible and every now and then they really jump to you, like in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, where it talks about, for with the mouth confession is made and with the heart believing unto salvation. And in verse 10, Romans ten ten, it says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness. With the heart. One believes unto righteousness. Romans 10.10. It's a beautiful sense of promise here where the heart and righteousness and faith connect up. See, we need to come in faith to God. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Because not only Jesus has the power to cleanse our heart, not only has the power to cleanse from all unrighteousness, he is the source of it. Not only has the power to do that, but he himself is the source of it. Himself is present. And so when we think about a pure heart, we're not talking about a heart that's just been emptied of everything. Now, now listen for a moment here. Just, just, just catch me here. A pure heart is not about emptiness. And, and this is where the blank sheet loses its power a little bit. Because <laughs> it's not just about nothing is there purity is there it's exactly the promises that jesus gave like in hebrews 8 10 and 11 and in chapter 10 verse 16 through to 27 when he says i will make a new covenant i will put my laws in their mind i'll write them on their hearts i will be their god and they will be my people he says i will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds i will remember no more These beautiful promises that he can put, he can write something into our heart. Write it upon our heart. A pure heart is not an empty heart. It's actually been filled with something. I believe it's filled with righteousness. A pure heart is actually filled with the righteousness of Christ. Please forgive me for saying this, but if I believe the scripture, I have to say this. My heart has been filled with the righteousness of Christ. Now there's something in our consciousness that we should always deal with. And that is that we are very, very sin conscious when the New Testament is constantly drawing us to become more and more righteousness conscious. So that what we are conscious of over our lives is our righteousness in Christ. And Paul constantly is encouraging the church that their hearts would be filled with a a revelation of who they are in Christ. What is their hope of their calling? The greatness of the working of his power within us. And he's trying to work into what we are conscious of, of what is the dynamic reality of our life, is that our hearts have been filled with the righteousness of Christ. And you say, but Steve, what about the the things that go on in my heart? What about the wrongful desires? What about the heart... Yes, you see, it's the potential and the reality at work in you at the same time. The reality is your heart is constantly being filled with the righteousness of Christ. And your purity of heart, blessed are the pure in heart, is not just to get it empty of everything. It's to fill it up with the right thing, which is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As Romans says, now you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in saying this of course we have objections that come into our mind about that of who we are and what we sometimes ponder and what things we pass through but i'd like to say that the conscience towards sin is important towards repentance but the conscience towards consciousness towards righteousness is incredibly powerful when you believe god's word because that's what softens and cleanses changes, your heart makes you responsive to God that you've embraced the promise and that's what you think about yourself I believe my heart is pure because my heart is filled with the righteousness of Christ this isn't Steve Blake theory, this is biblical promise, for the heart believes Unto righteousness. Praise God. <laughs> wish we, we could stop there, couldn't we? And we probably nearly need. Oh no, we're doing alright. What? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. Anyway, put that one aside. Don't need that one. Blessed are the pure in heart because it's a work that only God can do. <laughs> now we can do a lot of good things uh, a couple of weeks time I'm off to the Philippines uh, and I am thankful I know some of you have been really praying for our work and inspired by some of the things God's been doing in recent times and we've been able to build all these beautiful homes in the Philippines for all the families after that big cyclone one community we've just completed 110 homes there and um I'll be going back there to do a big community event and a handover of everything to the families already several families um have come to christ through the love of god that they've seen demonstrated to them i'll go to another community where we're where we're building i think about in san antonio probably 10 plus houses there and homes for people all their children were swept away in the waters and things like that and um you can do wonderful things for for god you can there, there's there's no end to how we can just serve him and love people and we need to constantly go that way but i just love the things that we can't do <laughs> that only god can do and i want to be really hooked into those things that when i when we go to those communities there's a part that i can't change and that's in the hearts of people what we can do in the love of God, in showing them the love of God, in showing them grace and mercy and living it out before them can certainly open their hearts to something that God wants to do. Blessed are the pure in heart because it's something only God can do. It's a work of God in us. A work of his spirit. In Jude verse 24, because there's only one chapter in Jude, the book of Jude, last book before Revelation, Verse 24, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He does this. Not only he cleanses you, but he keeps you from falling. This work of purity in your heart, only God can do it. You can't do it for yourself. You actually weren't even born with that capacity. (laughs) But God does it. I love the word undefiled. Undefiled. As God describes his people as undefiled. Faultless. Pure in his sight unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Quite often we're, you know, we're feeling a little bit, how could I ever stand before the glory of God? I had a dream many years ago. It was a very powerful dream. And uh, in my dream, I'd been really, I had been going through trying to get my head around some of the areas of Grace. Uh, which is another thing, which is a a reality and a potential at work through us all the time. And in my dream, and it was powerful because it really affected me enormously, I was walking with Jesus towards heaven and it was like a, a softest lawn maybe a little wider than this room and we're walking towards the glow of heaven along this beautiful soft lawn but on either side was just this cliff that went down for eternity I felt totally safe walking along this this lawn with Jesus I didn't see him I just I I was had his hand on my shoulder and we walked together we're getting closer and closer and the brilliance shining filling the sky coming close to the city and close to heaven and I could see in the distance a massive tree we came up to this tree and the branches of this tree extended out beyond the sides of the way so they were hanging out over the cliff on either side and you could not pass by couldn't go any further unless you walked under this tree and i stopped at this tree and i could hear this thundering sound and i noticed that the tree was actually in the center of the tree was a a fountain of water not just a fountain it was just massive torrents of water and as you look through you could see that off every branch massive flows of water were coming down and you could not pass by. You couldn't go around it anyway, under it, over it. You had to pass through it. And I said to to Jesus in my dream, what's this tree and this and these fountains of water inside this tree? And in my dream I heard him say, oh, that's my grace. You can't go any further, Steve. You can't enter in unless it's my grace that washes you unless it's my grace that cleanses you and in my dream I actually stepped under the branches of the tree and started to walk through and this water started to hit me but actually what what I noticed was it didn't wash me on the outside, it actually passed right through and I was watching the water go right through my arms and parts of me, It, it actually was not even impeded in its travel by the outside of my body, it wasn't it just passed through like light can pass through a glass. And this grace just passed through every part of me. And the thing that I remember sticking out a lot to me was it went through every memory. It went through every thought. It passed through all of the attitudes and things in my mind. As, as much as it cleansed my body, it cleansed right into my soul. And all these things and and it passed through and washed on the inside as much as it washed on the outside. And the the power of it, it was like having electricity going through my body and I woke up instantly from my dream feeling like electricity had passed right through my body. Probably just as well I woke up or I might have gone all the way to heaven, (laughs) never come back, (laughs) didn't think of that. (laughs) That would have been all right too, that's no threat is it actually. And I was really looking for, for it for a while after that. If, was this a biblical dream? I mean, I knew it was God, but I, I am a person who doesn't tell stories like that just because I like a good story. I wanted to find out that it was actually uh, biblical, and and it is, because it says it like this. After that passage, that we oh, the reason I'm telling this is it comes after that passage that he says that he'll write his laws in our mind and engrave them onto our hearts. And he says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which Jesus has consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with an evil conscience from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And I started to remember this water, that washed through this body of mine sprinkled my heart cleansed me right through and it was all about grace and God's saying that there's no way you can enter in unless you pass through this grace process of letting it be God who does it it's God who does it for us the cleansing the whole work blessed are the pure in heart because this is a work that only God can do David knew that create in me a clean heart oh God Renew a right spirit within me. And he needed it desperately. Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He understood that there is no way to the heights with God unless God does it. He cleanses it. He makes the way. And of course, the last thing in this simple little message, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God is this tremendous relationship that it draws us into. For they shall see God. This is a present living dynamic thing. It's not only speaking about heaven. It's speaking about a living dynamic relationship of fellowship with God. And we're called into fellowship. 1 Corinthians one nine says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord again in 1 John chapter 1 verse 3 truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son the Lord Jesus Christ and fellowship with God and cleansing always belong together if you want to stay in this cleansing work of God stay in fellowship with God you see it for sure in 1 John chapter 1 verse 7 If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There is a cleansing in this relationship that we have with God. Cleansing. And if you, of course, you know, going right back, back to the garden, back to the beginning, the relationship that Adam had with God. There's so much that could be said about this, but the most important thing to remember about this was what was lost When Adam walked with God face-to-face in the garden and when he sinned, when he disobeyed, God comes down to the garden, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? And he comes sneaking out behind some fig leaf by tradition. I would get a, I'd, I'd choose a bigger leaf if it was me personally. I'd, I'd get a Monsterio Delicia thing, whatever it's called. I, I, I'd, I'd get a banana leaf or something, you know. But anyway, out he comes, and it's in Genesis 3, verse 8 and 10, and he, he says two really powerful, tragic things. Oh, he said, I was afraid. Well, where did that come from? Hadn't been any fear on the planet, in the garden, until that time. Gave names to the animals. Got, he walked among the lions and crocodiles. And, G'day, George. He gave them names. Some people think it means, he said, that is a crocodile. That thing right over there, that's a crocodile. I reckon he, you know, George, Abraham? Where did they get their names from? Adam made them all up. That's my theory. So, you know, some poor kid is born. He looks a little bit like a wombat. (laughs) Next thing you know, his name's Wombat. Some of those names in the Old Testament. Anyway, there was no fear there. He gave names to the animals. He walked with them. He was in this fearless environment. Now, he says, I was afraid. So the first thing that entered in, to the heart of Adam was fear. And the second thing, so I hid myself from you. There's the tragedy separation, fellowship broken, fear, separation. And we're on this because the cleansed heart longs for fellowship enters into fellowship with God. I'm wondering about talking to us right now about our heart. That there could be folks here who are struggling at heart level when we're called into relationship with God through his son. I'm really, really glad to be able to just focus this in now on just where our hearts are at blessed are the pure in heart for they they're the ones they will see God you say so well Steve I think that counts me out if you know what goes on in my heart sometimes And this is pretty tough. It's very important. It's one of the gutsiest things we can come to is actually having the boldness to take responsibility for where our heart is really at at the moment with God. And there might be somebody here and your heart is really, you know that the page is really quite spotted and you feel really like, I don't know how I can get through this. And this message of grace is starting to speak to you. That's actually only God who can do this. You can't do this yourself. And you need his grace in your life to to make this change. One of my favourite parables is when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure hidden in a field and he went and he sold everything he had to purchase that field. And he didn't really want the field. What he wanted was the treasure. But he had to buy it all. He had to pay for it all to get the treasure. And very often, in our modern translation of that, we are thinking individually, well, I am the person who gave everything to buy the field that I may have the treasure. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to look at it. The old commentators from a few hundred years ago actually read that entirely the other way around. God was the one who in the field of the world found a treasure that was worth everything to him. The kingdom of heaven is like this. God looked upon this world and saw a treasure in the midst of this world which was worth everything. And he gave everything to purchase this whole world and make that treasure his. looks upon our lives he sees the greatest treasure more valuable more precious than anything else in the world and we remember this he gave everything to make you his i've met with young people who have preached the gospel in islamic countries i remember one night three young islamic young men university students in northern Cyprus, the Turkish Republic of northern Cyprus, even more immensely into Islam than all the rest of Turkey. These three young men, they knew that to lay hold of this treasure of Christ that they'd been encountered with was going to cost them everything. And yet still gladly, They paid the price knowing that this is going to affect their family life, it's going to affect their employment, it's going to affect their university course, it's going to change them forever because they're going to be a target of persecution. And they gladly gave everything that they may have this treasure. But this story could have another side of the treasure in the field and that is that the one who saw the treasure and paid everything was God Himself. For me, to make me His. If there's anyone here, I, I love to preach the gospel. I love to know that Jesus transforms lives. And maybe everyone here has a, a right and a wonderful relationship with Jesus. But maybe there's some, and you know that how how deeply you would love that. your life to be cleansed from all unrighteousness, your heart to be made pure, you to come into relationship. Love to pray with you. This is Let's just stand together, shall we? It's a beautiful atmosphere. thinking about a pure heart is that heart that's filled with the righteousness of God this can be yours I was only 11 when I made this choice you might only be that young you may be a bit older than that. But if there's anybody here in this room a young person a young man young woman any person any, you know that your heart needs to be cleansed by Jesus forgiven and washed I ask you all now to close your eyes. Just give a moment for us to encounter this incredible grace. Jesus, forgive me, cleanse me. If we confess our sins to him, as faithful and just to forgive our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Ask him now. If you want to ask Jesus into your life and cleanse your while no one's looking her right. Just lift up your hand. I'm going to see it and I'm going to pray with you personally. Lift it up nice and high nice so I can see it. Yes, I can see you there. God bless you. Precious young lady down the back. There. Anybody else today? I'm sure there are. Yes, I can see yours too. God bless you, that lovely lady down the back. I'm sure there's people here who just love this cleansing work in your heart. Not between anybody else but you and God, and you just want God. Blessed are the pure in heart because it's only God who can do this. And it's so glorious to know that your heart then is not empty of all things, it's actually filled up with the righteousness of God. Is there anybody else? Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Bay Life Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.